Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. History of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mellon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the Big Four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. <clears throat> Sooner, state of mind, family. Happy post Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday with family and friends. I sure did. I crushed so much good food. And I watched a ton of football, (laughs) much like my normal life, just more food. And I mobbed around all day Friday, feeling like it was a Saturday, scumbagging an extra day for the long weekend. How sweet it was. The triple header of NFL on Thursday was awesome, but having the Sooners play on Friday was totally awesome. And the Sooners did their thing, smashing those TCU Horned Frogs 69-45. to 45. A little bitter, bittersweet, as we will get to, but for now, let's focus on these Sooners. Senior day, and we got a pleasant surprise early on, finding out Dylan Gabriel would be playing in this game. It would have sucked for the senior to miss his final home game. And it might have sucked for the Sooners, too, because DG balled out 24-38, 400 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He also had seven carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. He was sharp, took it out on the TCU defense early and often. Opening drive for the Sooners, DG over the top, Nick Anderson, 50 yards. Two plays later, Gabriel runs it in. Sooners up early. DG attacked the Frogs deep throughout the day, connecting with Anderson, Gibson, and Thompson, all for gains of at least 50 yards. Big play was on full display. For TCU overall, I thought Josh Hoover played really well. He did miss some throws and pressure, forced some bad plays, but overall, Hoover, 32 of 58, 
344, four TDs and an interception. When you have to throw the ball 58 times, it's tough to have sustained success. And especially with the pressure the Sooners had, they hassled this cat all day. He did hit some timely throws and was able to create some chunk plays. And even though he only had four catches on the day, it felt like way more. But JoJo Earl was dominating early. Four for 94 and a touchdown on the day. Hoover had 10 different receivers with at least one catch. But their most dangerous player on the day, Imani Bailey. This dude was electric. 21 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown. That's over seven yards a carry. It's back-to-back weeks. We've seen this Sooners defense gashed for at least seven yards a carry. He also added four catches for 24 yards and a receiving touchdown too. Very dynamic playmaker in Bailey, but even so, the Sooners were cruising at halftime. Third quarter was when it started to get a little interesting. TCU sandwiched a Dylan Gabriel interception with touchdowns to get it down to a two-score game. Squirming a little bit, but Sooners with the fourth and one at their own 34. Squirming a lot right now. But DG keeps it. He goes for 40 yards on the fourth and one. Two plays later, Gabriel, who else? Come on. That's right. Drake Stoops, touchdown. And I hate to say these words, but Stoops in his last home game, he goes 12 for 125 and a touchdown. In his last four games, Drake Stoops, 38 catches, 486 yards, five touchdowns. With a lot of those catches coming when the Sooners needed them most, consistently moving the chains. The bigger the moment, the bigger the play for Stoops. He will go down as one of the most beloved Sooners ever. Book it. He is. And it's not just because Pops is a legend. This dude carved out his own legacy. And it's been awesome to watch. Worked his tail off. Started as a walk-on. And now you see. 38-46. Five touchdowns for November. Pretty awesome. Sucks to see this dude bail. Another guy with a chance to carve out a huge Sooner legacy, Gavin Sawchuck. And had this dude been healthy all year, no telling what kind of season he would have had. Even so, with the slow start, dude has four straight games, over 100 yards. And in those four games, 71 carries, 483 yards. That's almost seven yards a carry. Oh, yeah, and five TDs. Future looks very bright for the redshirt freshman. Also got to give it up, <clears throat> excuse me, to the, o, the O-line, too. They were dominant against TCU, giving Gabriel all day in the past game. And there were several runs that our backs went untouched, drive blocking, clearing lanes. I was thoroughly impressed with the way these guys played. And 
you got to throw Stog in there too. He's been a major part of the success and growth of the run game. His blocking has been outstanding. I think he's worked his way into a late round draft pick, but at minimum, an undrafted free agent. He'll catch on with the team in camp for sure. Either way, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this offensive line moving forward. They really gelled late in the season. And you saw the blocking schemes hitting at different levels down the stretch. So I know we're going to lose some guys, and we'll get into that later on in the offseason. But I love the way these guys came together late. Defensively, not the best day for the Sooners. Back-to-back weeks of getting run over. I mentioned the yards per carry. Last week, it was Aiden Robbins, 22 for 182, 8.25 per carry. And this week, Imani Bailey, 21 for 150 and a TD. That's over seven yards a carry. Um, Well, maybe that is progress because it's less total yards and less yards per carry, but it's still not a good trend. Sooners were good at getting pressure on the quarterback. Only one sack, but they missed him a few times when he was dead to rights. And he should have been sacked way more than that. But even so, they were constantly in his face, forced him into several poor or hurried or poured and hurried throws. But they did give up a lot of big plays. Poor tackling and individually. Um, Guys made some poor decisions. And still, sometimes we seem to lose the tight end when they start showing blocking or they come across the formation. Feels like that had been a trend um, for these tight ends. Busted coverages, big plays. It's been a repeated theme this season. And that was the same on Friday. Wiley for the Horned Frogs. Eight catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Even with the mix-ups with the tight end, I thought the secondary was pretty solid, too. Some great individual plays on some PBUs. But, once again, the dude that is always around the ball, that is always in the mix, now has a pick six in back-to-back games. That's right. Billy Bowman. (laughs) This guy is so good. And even though last week's was a way bigger play, had a way bigger time, we're talking about the 100-yard pick six, this one might have been bigger, unfortunately for Sooner fans, as I think it was a play that will push him to the NFL. Selfishly, I sure hope not, but we cannot blame this dude if he decides to go pro. His stock is on the rise with good reason. He's just always around the football. He's always making big plays. Back-to-back touchdowns on interceptions. Like I said, I'd love to see him come back for that one year in the SEC, but I think his guy's moved his way too far up the draft stock to consider. But you never know. A little NIL deal might sweeten the pot, get the transition. You only get to play college football once. The pros will be waiting there for you. We'll see, but it's going to be a huge loss because dude is so good. 
And early on, we did get away with a Nick Anderson fumble. So don't cry about it. Eh, you only suck him into penalties in the rest. Not the same as the non-call on the PI on Drake versus Hokie State. But the refs, I thought, did screw that play up. I thought it was a fumble. But it was early. It wasn't in the fourth quarter on a play that would have given the team the lead. And when all was said and done, we won by 24 points. So it didn't have a huge impact on the game. I think we would have overcome it anyways. But refs did miss it. I got to give it both ways. I've never said the refs were great. I definitely never said they were fair. And I definitely said they were in on making sure OU did not get to the Big 12 championship in their final year. And I will stand by that. I don't care what you think if you don't agree. Bad special teams. A muffed punt return by Gavin Freeman kind of jump-started the Frogs, set TCU up with great field position, which they turned into points. I know what he was doing. He didn't want the, excuse me, the ball to roll towards the end zone, but put himself in a bad spot and paid the price. That was bad special teams. Good special teams. Sooner snuffed out the fake punt. Great discipline by PJ to keep the edge on there, and then a great tackle by Kip Lewis. TC rolled the dice early on this game, and they paid the price for it. And I started taking my notes on Friday, and at the time, said, now we wait. And if we do miss out, we'll be playing what if. So we've been doing a lot this year, and we will really be lamenting our losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State. We're way better than both of those teams. But we didn't prove it when we had the chance. So now... We get what we get, but we do get upset. I know that's not the saying, but you catch my drift, right? Ugh. And if we do miss out, which we did, it was still a completely great season, especially compared to last season. Trying to find the joy in this. A huge improvement from six wins to ten wins. Defense is trending up. Minus the run defense the last couple weeks. We have a monster class coming in. The future is bright. Speaking of the future, after the game and continuing today, it's really early Sunday morning as I'm recording. There's a lot of Jeff Levy to Mississippi State rumors floating around. It looks like it's a done deal, but I haven't seen confirmation. So at this point, it's still speculation. By the time this hits, it might already be done, but as of now, it's not. So if there is any truth to it, things will start happening pretty quickly. And I guess there's a little concern if Lebby does leave. Will Jackson Arnold follow? I don't think so. But we don't know for sure until we get confirmation for all this stuff. But Jackson Arnold has a year under his belt with this team and with these teammates And he knows how good this team can be. I think that would be enough to get him to stay. Although it's brushing up some Caleb PTSD. But I think and I hope 
J.A. stays, and I fully believe he will, if Lebby does go, which it looks like he will. Well, we hoped we might get some help from Texas Tech, but they were no help at all. Red Raiders got smoked. Texas ran over those turkeys for 300 yards at over seven yards a carry, added a block punt and a block return, uh, punt return for a touchdown. Texas rolls. And it looked like BYU was going to do us a solid. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. But they did just enough to string us along into overtime, only to fall short 40 to 34. Here's my rub with this. The Cougs were up 24-6 at the half. But in the second half, they kept throwing the ball on first down. Most of them falling incomplete. They didn't shorten the game with that huge lead. Gave Pokes the time to come back. In the third quarter, it should have been a handoff to start every drive. Start wearing that clock down. You stopped it with those incompletions and gave OSU enough time to get back in the game. Also, only four second-half carries for Aiden Robbins. First half, this dude was 12 for 65, and they totally ignored him in the second half. We saw what he did to the Sooners last week. I just told you, eight yards of carry was moshing all over us, and they took him out of the game plan to have the young quarterback throw. I thought that was a huge mistake in how they wanted to play the second half of that game. And OSU took the opposite approach, and they fed Gordon because they had time to. Comes back to that. 34 carries, 166 yards, and five touchdowns. And then in the second overtime, Isaac Rex fumbled to seal the deal. And even with those shit calls, I still can't believe we lost to this Oklahoma State team. It's infuriating. We deserve what we got because of that. And it still stings, but we did it to ourselves. Too many mistakes. We let a poor team hang around and beat us. I feel like Tex ass, two S's, is going to smoke Okie State next week. I don't see how they hang in that thing. It should have been a should have been a rematch. Red River rematch. But it is what it is, and we'll get more into that later in the week. Speaking of bad coaching decisions, this one makes me crazy. Bama escapes Auburn 27-24 on a last-second game-winning touchdown pass from Melrose to Bond. Isaiah Bond. On fourth and goal from the Auburn 31. You know why Milrow had time on the play? Auburn rushed to three and dropped eight. This play makes me freaking crazy. That is how you lose a game. Milrow had a good 10 seconds to find Bond, which he did. And Auburn goes home a loser. I hated it then. I hate it now. No pressure. Make dude make a decision. Made it too easy for him, and he burned you. Send pressure. Why are you dropping eight? Is that guy going to run 30 yards in? If he tries, you have people. Oh, stupid. Ward Damn Eagle was good enough to win, and coaching did them dirty. 
brutal. Back to Friday night, Oregon dominated Oregon State. Ducks pounded the Beaver 31-7, to and it wasn't even that close. Beavs, 53 yards rushing on 24 carries, 2.2 per. Bo Nix, 33 of 40, 367, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And this Oregon team is good. They look really good to me, and they seem to be getting better. Both them and Washington are playoff worthy, regardless of what happens next week. But that Pac-12 championship game is going to be insane. Speaking of Pac-12, UW will be rolling into Friday night's Pac-12 championship undefeated. The Huskies got yet another scare, but did just enough to beat Washington State 24-21. The game was tied at 21. Huskies D got to stop, and Michael Penix did the rest. Although the Huskies did go for it on fourth and one from their own 29 with just a minute 15 left in the game. Huevos Gigantes. And turns out that was a pretty good decision as they picked up 23 yards on the play, moved into field goal range, and Grady Gross, good from 42. Huge game next week. I think the winner gets into the playoff no matter who it is, and we will preview that game later in the week. Oh, it is going to be a good one. Ohio State at Michigan. This was also a pretty good game. Came down to the wire, but the Wolverines were a little too much for the Buckeyes, and Michigan gets the Harbaugh-less win, 30-24. to Ohio State got a late stop to keep the game within six and were driving. But Kyle McCord got picked off second on the day, and that was it. Michigan moves on to the Big Ten championship game against Iowa. And unless that game goes terribly wrong, the Wolverines will move on to the CFP. The nightcap, Florida State at Florida. No Jordan Travis, but still undefeated. The Knowles trying to prove they belong in the CFP. And the way this game started, it didn't like that didn't look like they do belong as they were quickly down 12-0. But early third quarter, Florida State gets the lead at 14-12 and adds to it, outscoring the Gators 10-0 in the fourth quarter. The last of those points came on a 36-yard Trey Benson TD run, his third of the night. And Florida State goes into the ACC championship game undefeated at 12-0. They can beat Louisville next week. Can you keep an undefeated team out of the playoff? I don't know how you do that, regardless of who the quarterback is. We shall see some great championship games next week, but... It's hard not to be disappointed with where the Sooners team could have been. Eight stupid points, a couple plays. But there's still an opportunity to finish 11-2. and two. It's right there for the tanking. 
So later on in the week, we find out where the Sooners will go and who they will play. Maybe, uh, you know, a New Year's Six game is in our future. We'll also preview what happens or doesn't happen with Jeff Levy, if he's going to Mississippi State or not. If he takes any of the coaches, if he does, if he takes any of the players, we'll get into all of that stuff. And we will also preview all the conference championship games. Head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows, type in Sooner State of Mind, and you are locked, my friends. Ton of great content, every team, every topic, everywhere, Believe.com. If you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the football dudes. We are there. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Casey Mallon, and I'm in a Sooner State of Mind.